Welcome, everybody, back to the Game Vault Podcast. I am your host, Mark. I know you missed me. It's been a while um, that I've been on the podcast proper. Um, so I am excited to get back here. Um, and I'm also glad that this gave me an excuse to uh, stop my constant listening to the Olivia Rodrigo album today. Um, by the way, Guts is pretty good. And that is your music talk on the Game Vault Podcast here. Um, yeah, we got our full team here today. Jen and Tom, how are you guys doing? Doing well. Doing good. <laughs> Look at us. We're so Look good. Look at us. <laughs> Who would have thought? Who would have thought? So, um, yeah, it's been a little bit. We did our spoiler cast last time out, um, and then we had to skip a week, um, mainly because of, uh, uh, you know, things happened on Friday night, and then Saturday and Sunday, couldn't get the three of us together. And we wanted to do, you know, podcasts with all of us together. Um, and, and not just try and fill in a guest because it is a very important time of year. And we'll get to that um, in a second with our, um, our topic, uh, because a few weeks ago, probably a month at this point, that John Madden came down from his mountain um, and allowed the video games to be released. Uh, so um, we will get to that, um, even though some of our answers um, have already come out. But without further ado, it's been a long time, so... Um, I know what I'm going to do for this segment, but we'll start with Jen. What have you been playing? Um, so some usual things and some new things. Uh, so I've been continuing my playthrough of Seven Days to Die with my Twitch community. We have a sub server. Um, so that's been fun. I think we're on day 75 or 76. Uh, we're getting close to another blood moon. Uh, we built an underground base this time, which we dug like 30 blocks down. Um, so it's Ooh. pretty poor. Yeah. Um, I like how every time that we start a new game, we come up with better strategies on how to survive the zombies. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, and then they also came out with a really big update. So there's some quality of life improvements, which is nice. Uh, the game is like 10 years old and it's still in early access. So, ah, so it's an interesting fact, I guess. It's the star citizen of zombie games. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, speaking of big updates, Phasmo had its big, huge reset update. Finally, um, I went from level 2100 to, uh, level 13. I'm level 13 now. Um, so basically your level reset, you get a nice little plaque in your, um, your base where you could see your old level. Um, but starting over from scratch, you have all of the basic versions of the equipment that you're used to. So a really terrible flashlight. Um, the EMF reader is really janky. Like it, nothing really works super well. Um, things cost less, which is nice. But the, in my opinion, the ghosts, I don't know if they upped the difficulty with the, the AI, like the AI of the ghosts being smarter or more aggressive, or if you lose your sanity faster now, but I've died a ton. It's kind of scary again. It's very difficult now. Um, so basically, I think if you hit level 100, you prestige or you have the option to prestige and then you get to level up to the next um, level of, of quality for your for your equipment. So, so Jen, Jen, most important question. Yes. Is it good yet? It's always been good, but I think <laughs> I think it's better. <laughs> um it's it's very difficult now. Um, I I know they pushed out the console release because this new update had a lot of bugs that they needed to get through, and they came right out and said like we don't want to release this. I know people have been waiting for it for so long on console. We don't want to release it and have it be broken for them. Like we want their first experience to be like perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, but um, 
it's been fun. Like I said, it's it's very challenging now um, to get through a game without dying. And the higher up you go in levels, the more experience you have to acquire before you reach the next level. So initially it was like, just as an example, you needed like 30 points of experience for every level to go up one. But now you might start out at 30 and then 40, then 50, then 60 in order to oh. make it harder, more of a grind. Yeah, it's so. more of a normal RPG. Yes. Yep. So yeah, now, do, does your ability to gain points go up? Like, like you know what I mean? Do you get more points? Um, so they give you more money. I don't know if they give you more experience. So there's different levels of difficulty. So each level of difficulty gives you more experience. And the more things that you do in the game, like there's the main objective, which is to figure out the ghost. Um, if you leave and you live and you figure out the ghost, you get the max amount of experience from that one category um, and money. But then if you do the optional objectives, you get more money and experience. And then if you do like take extra pictures of things that count, you can get more experience and money. So yeah. And then there's each difficulty category. So doing all those things will get you more money and experience depending on how difficult your gameplay is. So depending on how hard you make it for yourself, you know, it'll, it'll pay off if you survive, even if you don't survive, it still pays off more than it would have if you were in a lower level. So yeah, that's been, it's been wild, but in a good way. Um, Dead by Daylight came out with the alien chapter. So we have the Xenomorph who is badass. Um, I got the alien queen cosmetic for her and it's so huge. It doesn't even fit on the screen, which is great um, in, in the lobby, I should say. Um, and then we have Ripley, who um, unfortunately does not resemble Sigourney Weaver because they didn't get the rights to her likeness. Um, I was reading rumors that they don't like to do that, but um, I think she probably would have loved to be in the game if they asked her. But it's just another license they have to pay for. Exactly. Yeah. I, I read there's another reason why they don't do it, but I, I don't remember what it is. I know with oh. the whole Stranger Things thing. That was a big mess where once the license ran out, I mean, they yeah, still have the actors likenesses. Yeah. But I know they had like, there's a lot of red tape involving that. So maybe they were just trying to avoid another issue like that. Um, but it's that's fun. Why, that's why Nick Cage is Nick Cage and not tied to a character. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. They also didn't um, want to probably run into the Friday the 13th thing. Yes. Yeah. That's another point. So, um, Xenomorph is very powerful. It basically like they basically took bits and pieces of other killers and their abilities and kind of meshed them together. And it sounds lazy, but it actually works really well. Like it it can um teleport through these little tunnels. Um it has a tail attack like uh one of the killers nemesis has like a tentacle attack. It I think it has like a lunge attack which is like one of the other characters. Um and it has some kind of aura reading ability where I don't know if it's when it's in the tunnel, it can see where you are or when you're interacting with flamethrowers, which you could set up to slow it down when it's coming after you um, as a survivor. So you do get a little bit of a fight back option. Not really, but um, I forget. But there are points where it can crawl and run after you, which is the scariest thing ever. Um, it's just, it's so much fun going up against the Xenomorph, even if I get my ass kicked, which usually happens because... I feel like it's slightly overpowered. Like, I think they need to scale back some things a little bit, but I don't even care because it's just, it's so cool going up against the Xenomorph finally. Um, and I think overall, a lot of people are enjoying it too, which is nice. Um, and then I played a little bit of Played Up. I mentioned that a long time ago. It's like a cooking 
restaurant sim um demonologist a little bit uh we're wrapping up escape the back rooms um what else i started playing texas chainsaw massacre which i'll talk about later um but i'm really liking it a lot so far yeah. um and then i started playing baldur's gate 3 which i will talk Ooh. about later as well but um Ooh. i think that's pretty much everything that i've been playing yeah yeah for for those of you that don't know the reason why that's going to talk about later is because that would have been part of our anticipated games um yes. <laughs> if, we, if we had a podcast last week so um exactly. just to keep everything in order we'll just talk about those games there and to keep this segment a little shorter yeah. uh tom what have you been playing well if you listen to last podcast you would know i finished final fantasy 16 so i needed a break from all of all anything that involves uh any kind of uh emotion in game so I started I, I started on Diablo 4 again. Uh, okay. It's it's interesting because I feel like I have to relearn how, how to play that game every time I pick it up. I don't know why. Like the Diablo 3, I feel like I had a really good grasp on. But I, Diablo 4, every time I start it up, I feel like I need to relearn everything and where all my stuff is. And it's just, it's probably because I'm really still early on in the game. I think I'm still like level 15. So... There's a lot of stuff that I need to get through before I can even consider myself into the game, I would guess. But there's so much stuff to do in that game. There's so much stuff. And they it's it's one of those things where you you just walk into a town and then all of a sudden there's like six quests to pop up. You're like, all right, well, now I have to do all this stuff. Got to get rid of the exclamation points. I can't see an exclamation point on that map. <laughs> it's got to go away. I recommend not playing Baldur's Gate then. Oh, I have no interest. <laughs> like Baldur's Gate looks awesome, but I, I would never, I would never do anything besides play Baldur's Gate. So yeah, I got it. Yeah, we'll get to it when we talk about it. But I, it, it, I have a really fun thing about a streamer. I've been watching play it. Um, but yeah, so um, I outside I of Diablo, any any retro stuff or anything else you've touched? Uh, I te- technically retro, I guess. I started Ever Crisis. Oh, so. For those who don't know, they came out with a mobile gotcha game based around Final Fantasy VII called Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis. I played through the first mission, which is the bombing mission from Final Fantasy VII. Um, I haven't gotten to the interesting stuff yet, like Young Sephiroth or any of that stuff yet. Uh, the art style is really cool. Uh, the battle system is interesting. It's kind of a, it's very much a mobile style battle system. It, it's not you know, normal Final Fantasy VII turn-based stuff. It's kind of a it's kind of a mixture between remake and original Final Fantasy VII. Like it it's automatically attacking, and then you can choose to do certain things once you have enough ATB built up. So it's yeah. it's interesting. We'll see how how it progresses. Um, but so far, uh, it's pretty cool. The the only downside to it is you have to use touchscreen controls, which is annoying. Yeah. Because I have the backbone controller for my for my phone, and I was like, "Oh, I'll just use that. That'll be great." Can't use it, oh, at least not nice. yet. It, they didn't. It's I don't know if it's coming later. If if support for something like that is coming later, but as of right now, you can only use the touchscreen controls, which is incredibly annoying. Um, but yeah, that and I started Starfield, which I guess we could talk about later as well. Yeah. Yeah. I feel <laughs> I'm going to have long conversations with both of you about two separate games. Okay. Um, a Most little bit likely. later. <laughs> uh, as for me, 
um, since we're leaving Starfield and Baldur's Gate until um, a little bit later. Um, I'm not sure if I brought this up when I came back um, from London um, in, in early August, but I immediately sat down and played through a little bit of Watchdog Legion, um, which is set in London, uh, just to like go and see you know, some of the landmarks and fun things there that I had just gotten back from. And what I've what I forgotten about that game is that game, besides I was completely lost because I think I'm almost at endgame there. So I, I had all these people in my crew and no idea why I had certain people. And, and I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to do missions. I don't really care. Um, is that that game is a completely competent, like, watch, like Watch Dogs type game in terms of you go do the mission, you get the rewards, you go back, you, you go do a side mission. You go do the thing that gets you some like it's sort of like one like those Ubisoft like it has that flow to it and it's not um, absolutely terrible and um, it's also fun to have some characters where you can be like a granny that's sort of like a former pit fighter and you know and she just can you know roll around and punch people uh, but yeah so I was playing that um, and then I got into um, my sports game stuff I downloaded the uh, trial for Madden, and this year's Madden's actually pretty decent. Um, not anything earth-shattering, uh, but I do like the idea that they're not forcing you to do the new passing mechanics, um, like they did a little bit last year. Um, the I feel the run animation and run blocking is, is a lot better. Um, it feels like I can sort of, for the little football knowledge I have, um, in terms of, of actual playing, um, it feels like I can read the blocks more than I could in years past, or I can tell when guys are going to, you know, get into certain spaces. Um, the one funny thing is that the tackles are absolutely way too violent. Um, not in like a violent, like it's going to look like hurt ways. Like there's a certain way where a guy could wrap and just fall to the ground. But in this game, he like picks him up and like uh, belly to belly suplexes him um, into the ground. Um, Sounds like NFL blitz. Yeah. It was like, like, for no reason, or they do a two-legged takedown, for those of you amateur wrestling fans, um, for reasons they don't have to. Like, it, it, it's so funny. Um, but I haven't had any of those weird interceptions or, like, you know, any many bugs yet, so I'm happy with it. Um, probably going to wait until it becomes free, um, because I, um, you know, playing it on the computer with Origin became a problem, so I'll just wait for it to become free on Xbox um, in about seven months. Um, but the other game that I've been playing, um, because it was free is I played basically a whole season of FIFA 23, um, and did the thing where, you know, not worrying about the financial restraints and just buying the best players in the world and putting them on the team. And you're basically just dominating, um, all the way through, but it's fun. Um, that game has the best atmosphere. I'm hoping that whatever team worked on the atmosphere for the crowd, in those games, um, works on the college football game whenever that releases, um, because I feel they could they could use a lot of that, um, at, you know, technology and stuff with the, the singing and the you know crowd noises and stuff like that. Um, so you know, I'm playing playing those sports games, and uh, I'm trying to think: is there anything else I've loaded up? Um, oh, so I've been trying to put my uh, Steam um, link. Uh, that's how I've been playing Baldur's Gate 3 a lot, out on my TV. Um, so I tried to play because I bought the uh, Oklahoma and Texas expansions of American Truck Simulator um, that, that came out. Um, 
found out that the controller doesn't really play nice with the Steam Link um, and American Truck Simulator. What um, controller are you using? Well, no, any. It's just like whatever. It's the Steam Link, I think. Uh, um, it depends on what game you're playing. Some have very good uh, yeah. built-in controller support. Some don't. Yeah, the controller um, that I, it was the same one that I was using when I'm playing it directly on the computer. So mm-hmm. I think the disconnect is the Steam Link. Um, some Ed, like somewhere. I I don't know, Mark. I'm gonna have to look into that for you. Are you yeah. using an actual Steam Link, or are you using like a an app? No, no, it's the actual physical Steam Link, okay. and I have a wired controller plugged into it. Okay. So. All right, I'll have yeah. to look into that for you because yeah. I have had zero problems using a Steam Link with a wireless controller. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, certain wireless controllers. I found that yeah. out when I got my 8-bit dough that the 8-bit dough I got does not work with Steam Link. Uh, um, I, yeah, I'm using a, an Xbox 360 controller. Yeah, I have my Xbox 360 as well that I've been using wired. But yeah, I found that out after I bought the 8. So that just became my controller. That's why I swapped controllers. Yeah. I, I put the, the wireless one in my computer room where I don't really need a wireless one. Yeah. <laughs> and had to put the wired one out in the living room. But we'll yeah. look into that, but... Yeah, so I tried to play. So I was able to do the menus and all that, but when I got into the truck, all the buttons that it said to press on the controller to start the truck wouldn't start the truck. Um, weird. And, and all that. Yeah, it was weird. Um, so, um, yeah, hopefully I can get to play that or maybe just play it directly on, on, the, uh, on the computer here. But, yeah, yeah, just uh, having a lot of fun um, with a couple games we'll talk about later. Uh, but, yeah, it's that time of year where I'll play a bunch of stuff and then cool off by playing... You know, hockey's coming in a month, so I'll have to check out NHL 24, which everybody is saying is going to be much better. So, fingers crossed. All right. So, um, that's kind of a pause on the what have we been playing. Um, and we'll move into the news. Jen, what do you got? Yep. So, starting out, uh, we actually have more Switch 2 rumors, and they're pretty hopeful because this has been reported from a few different sources at this point. Um And that is that Nintendo has reportedly demoed the Switch 2 at Gamescom last month behind closed doors. Um, So that's pretty interesting. Uh, Now, this was according to Windows Central's Jez Corden. Um, They basically said that Nintendo had discussed a next generation Switch with select developers at Gamescom. um, And the devs were able to demo an improved version of Breath of the Wild, which had been designed to run on a more advanced hardware, which presumably is the Switch 2. Um, now Eurogamer first reported on these rumors and then a couple hours later, um, VCG also corroborated the story and they actually gave a lot more information behind it. Um, so they said that, you know, Nintendo, not only did they do that, but they also showcased Epic Games's uh, the Matrix Awakens Unreal Engine 5 technology demo, um, which is supposed to be running on the type of hardware Nintendo is developing for its next console. Um, so Supposedly, it uses NVIDIA's DLSS upscaling technology, which includes ray tracing. Um, so it sounds like they're working on a huge chip upgrade. So that's all pretty interesting. Um, yeah, yeah can't, and, wait to play, can't wait to play the Switch U. And- yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I, 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 I'm still sticking with new Nintendo Switch. The new Nintendo that's, Switch. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm going with. Yeah, we'll have to see. Everyone's calling it the Switch 2 right now, but who literally could be well, they, anything, I guess. They called the Switch the NX. They didn't know what they were going to what right. they were going to call it. So Yeah. But um 
I think the last bit of information, like rumored information that we have um, is supposedly Nintendo is planning to release the newest version of the Switch in 2024 sometime. Um, and they're stating that it's gonna be an LCD screen instead of an OLED screen. Um, and it will continue to support cartridge slots. So you could still play physical games, which is nice. Yeah. Um, it's I'm hoping- slot bad for the LCD screen. Why not? You have an OLED screen, why not use it? Well, they're uh, upgrading the chips. They have to save money somewhere. Right. Tom, yeah, they're probably Nintendo. cutting back. <laughs> and they know that it better not have Joy-Con drift. So they're like, mm, gotta downgrade the screen, I guess. Um, um, yeah, the uh, a seven-year life cycle, not bad for Switch. Yeah, I'm, Switch sales are apparently, for the first time in a long time, starting to decline. So they're saying, like, this makes even more sense that they're really, like, getting the ball move, moving on the new console now. Um, I'm just still, I know we talked about this a few episodes ago, but I'm still hoping for backwards compatibility and the hybrid portability that we have on the Switch. Those are my two favorite things about the current Switch. So I don't want, I don't want them to take away the portability of this new console and make it like, you know, either only portable and you can't dock it or the other way around, like, you know, you can't bring it around easily. It's just like a stationary console. I think that hybrid portability is key for it, but... We'll see. But that's all we have on that so far. I think it's exciting that we keep getting little pieces of news or rumors on it. It'll be fun to see what was true when it comes out. Yeah, it's always uh, fun to, to speculate. I'm yeah. just hoping, I'm hoping you're right. And I'm hoping we get backwards compatibility because. Yeah, me too. Me too. I think every other console that came out this generation is backwards compat at this point mm -hmm. between the ps5 and the series x and s yeah so yeah, it would just be it would be a big mistake if they were to take that away i mean i wouldn't be surprised because <laughs> nintendo makes questionable decisions but yes they do yeah we'll talk about that in a little bit too actually well i will anyway <laughs> <laughs> um moving on embracer group strikes again but it's not great news this time unfortunately um if you've listened to this podcast for the past year you know we talk about embracer group quite a bit and it's normally because they're announcing yet another acquisition. But unfortunately, this time they are announcing that they are shutting down Saints Row developer uh, Volition, which yeah. is unfortunate. The worst thing about this, for those of you that don't know, because we're about a week from when it happened, um, they dropped this right as the embargo for Starfield lifted. Like literally within 15 minutes of the embargo going up for Starfield mm -hmm. is when this news dropped. So. I think they kind of knew it wasn't going to be received well and thought they could slip it in while people yeah. weren't paying attention. Yep. <laughs> Potentially, yeah. So I pulled, um, they basically posted an update on LinkedIn. I don't know whether they posted it on, I'm saying Twitter and I don't care. I don't know if they posted it on Twitter or not, but uh, for some reason they posted it on LinkedIn. And I'm going to just read their little statement on it really quick. Um, so they said this past June, Embracer Group announced a restructuring program to strengthen Embracer and, ma and maintain its position as a leader in the video game industry. As part of that program, they evaluated strategic and operational goals and made the difficult decision to close Volition effective immediately. Um, to help our team, we are working to provide job assistance and help smooth the transition for our Volition family members. We thank our customers and fans around the world for all the love and support over the years. You will always be in our hearts. So this was like... One morning they woke up and they were told that they were closing, I guess. That's, yeah. um, I still don't understand how companies get away with that. It seems a little terrible. ridiculous that they can just be like, oh, yeah, you're closed. Yeah. No warning. You know that no. job that you had yesterday, you don't have it anymore. It's not. It's really sad. 
Yeah, and I think Volition's so. been around for like 30 years or something. Yeah, yeah I, it I, wasn't like they're a new company. No, so I wasn't really knowledgeable on them, so I did a little bit of research, and they've been around since the mid 90s, which is sad. And they they've come out with um, games like Descent, Free Space, and Red Faction. Um, if you guys have heard of those, yep. And um, they did most recently release a reboot on Saint Row, which had mixed reviews, and yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't as successful as they'd hoped. So that probably was yeah. the nail in the coffin. Well, that's um, one of the reasons that got mixed reviews is because they forced them to put it out before it was done. Yeah, and you'd think we would have learned from other games' mistakes about that, but nope. I feel like it's never gonna not be a thing. Um, so yeah, it's it's really sad, and um, it's even worse when you hear that it's effective immediately because you know that it's just like really jarring for these people, and hopefully they can move forward and find new positions somewhere else quickly. But I feel like this has been happening quite a bit. Like this whole year, we've been hearing about a lot of different studios closing. For various reasons but yeah well studios well, and, and games well embracer bought probably bought all those companies using any some any kind of like money or assistance they got from the pandemic and now either all that payments come and due or they ran out of money so now they have to you know restructure as yeah. they say i read um i actually read a rumor that um Embracer, sometime earlier this year, they announced they would start to close studios um, because there was a $2 billion deal that fell through on them at the last minute. So that really like hurt them a lot. And I guess they weren't expecting it to fall through. So that probably had something to do with it. But that's like the main reason that I could find that people are speculating as to why this is happening. But who knows? I mean, they've acquired like everyone at this point, so <laughs> they can't keep them forever, I guess. But um, yeah, it stinks. So our thoughts are with everyone that is affected by that. It's very sad. Um, but I figure we should end the new segment on a more positive note for Final Fantasy fans. Um, so we'll bring the the uh, mood back up. Um, <laughs> during PAX West, which is a video game convention, um, they announced at the start of a Final Fantasy panel that they had just dropped a free update for the game um, for Final Fantasy 16. Um, it is currently available right now. And they also shared that the game is going to be getting two more paid DLCs coming soon. Um, and not only that, but they're currently developing the PC version of Final Fantasy 16 right now. So a lot of fun newness coming for the two of you. Are you looking forward to these things? I'm assuming you are. 100%. Yes. <laughs> yes I, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, the uh, I have a couple other games to get through. Mm -hmm. So I'll dip my toes back. Um, <laughs> Uh, a little bit later, um, probably after the release and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm glad. And, and it sounds like um, that they may have like moved up the time frame for this just because of how popular the game became. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and uh, that's a good thing. Yeah. So I wanted to quickly mention what they're doing for the free update. I'm going to be speaking another language that I don't understand. And then you guys can... I guess, elaborate on things if they sound good to you. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so the free update that is currently available, it has newness such as alternate outfits for some of the main characters. Um, so they mentioned Clive, Jill, and Torgal. Mm -hmm. And then they said there's a transmog availability for weapons that allows you to change the appearance of Clive's sword, but it lets you keep the stats of your currently equipped weapon. Um, uh, yeah, they just let you change what the sword looks like, that's all. Okay, uh, like um, cosmetic changes. Yeah. How much money do you want to put on it that one of the cosmetic changes is to make it the Buster Sword? <laughs> I don't think it is. I feel like they would have led with that. 
<laughs> Anytime it says cosmetic changing swords in Final Fantasy, I'm like, just finding think... a way to get the Buster Sword in this game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Usually that's what it is, but I, I didn't see that. So, yeah. I mean, it's just possible. Just it's very completely, possible. Completely leaving out the gun blade. <laughs> come on, Square. Yeah, it's a blade that can shoot a gun. I mean, come on. Seems like a no brainer. Um, they also mentioned there's patch 1.10. I don't know if that's this new update or if there's a second part of it that's coming, but they said there's a lot more um, quality of life changes in the patch. So they said there's arcade mode adjustments, new controller layouts, um, additional system menu settings, and then they're fixing several known issues within the game with that patch. So I, I can't even think what those would be. I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say, I've never heard you guys mention any like serious issues that you came across, I don't think. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, I never... I'm going to knock on wood now, but I never ran yeah. into like a bug or anything where I was like, yeah, that totally screwed up my game. Yeah, I can't even think of UI stuff that, no. that messed with me. Well, that's maybe, good. Maybe They're to perfecting be, perfection then. Yeah, maybe maybe quicker ways to switch between, you know, the um, the icons, maybe. I don't know. But I mean, it, it's one button. I don't know how you make it quicker. No, but like sort of um, maybe make them hotkeys so that you don't have to hit it. To go cycle through them. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's the button customization thing. You guys will just have to download it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let us know, I guess. But um, the paid DLCs, there's two of them. Um, they're still being developed, but they dropped a hint. They basically said, like, we've heard we've heard you guys. We know that you want to see more of Velstea, Velestea's story. Is that like the, the world? Velestea. Yeah. Velestea. Yeah, so they the said... You know, we know you guys want to see more of Valestia's story and spend more time with her inhabitants. And they kind of left it at that. So obviously that's the direction they're going in with at least one of the two DLCs. So I don't know if that means anything to you guys, but that's all we know, really. We don't even know when the when the paid DLCs are coming out. Um, hopefully soonish, because I don't think it would necessarily be a good thing if the game totally like lost people's interest. I don't know if that's really possible with this game because I've heard such good things about it. But I guess people they kind are, of want them to come out relatively soon. People are throwing 300 hours into this game. So right. I don't know that it's going to die off that fast, but you never know. I mean, I'm sure they're going to want to get something out for um, probably around Christmas. I would imagine they'd want to get something out. Yeah. But I haven't heard anything one way or the other. Yep. So I'm sure we'll be um, dropping updates when we know because... Two thirds of us are really into Final Fantasy, so that's uh, that's you the like, news. You like for this Final episode. Fantasy? I do. I'm just not on the same level as you guys. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, this this would be the game though that I would play. I, I said that a few times already. Well, the PC version is coming, Jen. That's true. They are developing it, so maybe I'll maybe I'll get it and I'll play it when that comes out. Yeah, this is the closest to um, for somebody that it, it, it wasn't brought up on turn based. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I, I so. didn't. I was never really like super into turn based. So. All right. And that is the news. Um, yeah. So we thought, um, you know, going into late August, early September, that we would talk about our um, most anticipated games um, of uh, coming up. You know, it's always the joke that once Madden comes out, um, that's when all the good video games release. Not really 100% true anymore. A lot more things release in Q1 um, than used to that were actually solid game of the year contenders. Um, 
But this year, they packed a bunch of stuff into late, uh, early to late Q3 um, here. And uh, yeah, some of it already released, so we'll probably start off with those games. Um, I am most interested to hear uh, Jenny's take on Baldur's Gate 3. Let's start off with that. Yeah, so that was actually the first one that I was planning on mentioning, which is funny. Um, so if anyone didn't know, it released on August 3rd for PC and just released on September 6th for the PS5. Um, so this is a game that I've had my eye on ever since they released it in early access. Um, normally I'm a fan of downloading and playing early access games because you get to experience the life cycle of the game from the start and, you know, participate in like submit submitting feedback if you want to. And it just overall feels really nice to be a part of the crowd of one of the first people to play a game, especially if it gets really successful. Um, but for this game, I didn't want to play it in early access because I didn't hear great reviews on it early on. And I was afraid that it was going to ruin it for me. So I waited until it fully released. And um, my friend Mayton actually really kindly gifted it to me, which was super nice of him. Um, yeah. So I downloaded it and I jumped right into the most anticipated feature for me, which was the character creation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is so beautifully designed and really, really fun. Um, one of the things I was most interested in seeing too was the replayability of this game. Um, and I could already tell it's really high because it's it's like a typical D&D game where um, there are so many possibilities character-wise that you can create, which of course can get you through some really tough ex situations in the story or make it really difficult depending on what you do. Um, I knew that it was like a decision-based game as well as your typical like D&D dice rolling RNG because you can make decisions like picking specific party members, you could pick up everyone, you could leave some of them behind, you can steal things. You could do all of these things that impact the rest of the adventure, which is really fun to me. Um, I was also a huge fan of Pillars, Pillars of Eternity 3 uh, Deadfire, I think it was called. Um, yeah. And this game very much reminds me of that. Um, I think everything about it is so pretty. Like the music is pretty. The graphics are like perfect. Um, and I thought I was a little hesitant because I knew that it was like that top, they have like a top down view or a tactical camera view. Yeah. And at first I was like, eh, I really like first person or third person open world type views like yeah. Skyrim or even like most of Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Um but I realized like pretty quickly that that top-down view is really effective in this game because you have a larger range of view, which yeah, I really it, like. It's very much that um, the CRPG, as they call it. Um, yeah. Sort of isometric, yes. you know, battle cam and all that stuff. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I, I um, as you were saying, that I haven't used the tactile camera much, um, but I'm interested to see, because it sounds like you probably used it more than me. I... So actually, I didn't even know that it was an option until I looked up the controls in general just to see what they were okay. and to make sure I wasn't missing anything. And then I saw a tactical camera and I'm like, what is this? But um, I think you toggle it with, I think by default, if you're on keyboard, it's the O button. The O button, yes. Yeah. I don't know what it's, uh, what it is. I anymore. haven't even looked on controller. Controller, yeah. <laughs> but um, it's really, it's really a good game. Um, yeah. Like I said, there's just so much replayability. Like I'm already thinking of other character comedy, like other things that I want to do to test out. Um, I'm sure you guys can guess what my first, like my first trial character was just to feel the game out. An elf um, druid. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, but I was like, I'm just going to do this and it, I'll get a little bit into it just to kind of feel it out. And then I might start a new game and actually make yeah. this, you know, totally original, you know, new character that isn't my first character that I played a two or three year campaign with. But yeah, yes, yeah, so, it's so fun. Yeah. On my end, um, I've uh, probably played it. Um, I don't want to say hour count wise if, if I did play it more than you, but I have um, three characters. Um, made already. I have the one vaulty that I was streaming until I realized that, you know, streaming it with like only a couple people watching, you know, is not really, you know, there's more fun games I could be playing. Like, uh, oh, I forgot to mention that by Volcano High. We'll talk about that. Oh, later. yeah. I forgot to remind <laughs> you about that too. Um, well, I guess I could put that in this category too. We'll talk about it a little bit later um, because I would have been anticipated because that would have came out before we recorded the last podcast. Yeah. Or, like, it would have been not out yet. But anyway, um, so I started out my first character. I was a ranger and realized that it's kind of hard to make a good combo um, with the with the origin characters that you get. Um, mm -hmm. Because you always, you know, you're always missing something. Um, and really having, um, because you absolutely need to bring Shadowheart um, just because of the guidance thing for the roles. Yeah. Um, so you already have a cleric unless you want to, like class will that way um and i don't mind ma mentioning the um origin characters names because they're all on the character select screen so, right yeah i noticed uh, that too. <laughs> it's not spoilers at all it's not spoilers their names um yeah. we won't go into much about their stories but yeah you know so um you know it did it, it got a little frustrating then i realized i missed a couple things i needed to do for some of the characters i'm gonna end up point making that my main playthrough um because I did go back and, um, you know, started uh, um, playing through with another character. I made a, a dragonborn um, sorcerer mm -hmm. um, with, like, it was, like, albino white dragon. Um, nice. It was pretty cool. Um, and that's been pretty fun. Um, I played it on the easiest level because I just went to blow through a lot of the Act 1 stuff that I'd already done. Mm -hmm. And it kind of makes the game a little too easy. Um, to where you don't really need to think about it, which I guess is the point if you just do story focused. Yeah. You know, you're just worried about the dialogue parts, which are difficult. Mm -hmm. um, but, and then, and then Vaulty was uh, a, uh, a dwarf. Um, how was it ended up being? Because I spun a wheel for it. Um, forget exactly. Oh, Rogue. It was a dwarf rogue um, that we got for that. But um, with all that said, um, I think. There's just way too much game in Act 1. Um, uh, the point I was going to make, I I'm loving the game, and I'm probably going to play it periodically throughout the year. Um, but I was watching the streamer, um, and through like his YouTube archives of it, and he does like half-hour episodes, like splits up his stream, and he just finished Act 1, and I think it was like episode 102? What? <laughs> Uh, yeah. So because he was di he did everything you could do in Act One. Wow. Um, so I think that's why I'm going to space it out because I've, I've seen a lot of this stuff already mm -hmm. um, in Act One. So maybe take a break from it and maybe I'll forget some things. Um, but yeah, there. From what I've heard, Acts Two and Three combined are the same size as Act One. Um, oh, okay. You know, but Act One is like freaking huge. Yeah, it's probably um, like, is setting everything up. Yeah, important. yeah, and and from what I heard, the 
the stuff does set up really well. There's not much breaking in the when you set things up to happen in future acts. Um, the only fun thing that happens is sometimes the characters will assume that you've talked to other characters when you see them a second time, mm-hmm. even if you've never talked to that other character. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're like, well, obviously you and Ronnie. Have to, I'm like, I, not who? Ronnie who? <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. And then your character acts like they know Ronnie. Um, oh. That's that's really been the only like story bug I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's not it's not related like choices wise. Right. Like it's literally like they'll say like, hey, it's like Ronnie said, you know, to you, and then is says that, something. Is that a song? I'm just making up Ronnie. Um, I it's an Eddie Money song. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, basically they'll be like that, you know, like uh, like he said, um, you know, blah 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 blah, and that's why I'm here, you know. It has nothing to do with anything you set up, but it's just kind of funny. When you write that much dialogue, it's why I was always impressed with Hades. It's like when you write that much dialogue, at some point something's got to break down the line. Um, but really good game so far. I- I'm enjoying it. It's it's I'm learning the spells and stuff uh, because it's all based on D and D five E. What helps you guys? You know that uh, stuff I didn't know. Even even DMing to campaigns, I'm like, oh, that's how that works. Okay, that makes more sense. Um, and then I think most importantly, uh, Jen, mm-hmm. um, who are you looking to bang? <laughs> so I have, um, and why is it Carlac? I actually haven't run into whoever that is yet. Ooh. You've definitely played a lot more than I have. Um, I probably have played like five hours or like three yeah. and a half, something around there. Um, I really like Shadowheart. Yeah. So right now I met, um, Oh, what's the white-haired guy's name? Is the oh, Estron. Yeah, or Sirion, or something like that. I yeah. just, I semi-recently met him. Um, and then the, um, what is the race? It's not an orc. What, the Gif Yankee. The the Gif, yeah. So yeah, you meet her. Yeah, so I've met her, Shadowheart, and then the other guy. Um, okay. I really like Shadowheart. I didn't look up the voice actor. For that character, but it sounds a yeah. lot like the woman that plays um, Yennefer in the Witcher live-action series, and I'm oh, really yeah. curious if it's her. Don't think so. I don't. I, don't, I, I, don't, I wouldn't yeah. think so, but it sounds just yeah. like her, and I love her too. Yeah, yeah. So. so yeah, you're a little bit away from meeting the, the literally ones. hottest girl in the game. Okay. Um, well, I'll let you know then. But right now, it's Shadowheart. Uh, I think everybody starts off with Shadowheart. Um, yeah, yeah. Unless if apparently. Um, uh, uh, Rudy was all about the Give Yankee when okay. we were streaming, but that just seems like their kind of person from the thing I've seen from Elder Scrolls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, going for the the, the weird aggressive character. <laughs> um, yeah, so you, yeah, you got a little bit to go before mm-hmm. um, um, you haven't even met Will yet, which <laughs> leads you to Carlac. Um, yep. So yeah. Enjoy, not not spoiling anything with any of it. No, no, yeah. Um, by saying that, you're, it's pretty. You're, you're like literally right there. Um, mm-hmm. um, so as soon as you get a mission to go find her, go find her. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll seek her out. <laughs> yeah. No, it literally becomes one of the story quests. Yeah. Um, so you I think can't I'm miss following it. a very main story quest right now. So yeah, yeah. I'm sure I'll find them. Have not. I hate being this person, but uh, have you met the druids yet? I am about to. Okay, then you're you're right there. You're about an hour or two away from. Okay, yeah, I'm uh, about to do all that with the druids. Yeah, so um, 
yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that's that's the big funny thing. There's been like um, the speed runs of this game have been like uh, percentage to sex um, <laughs> for each each of the <laughs> origin characters. That's not surprising at all. Is there like a stat with um, which origin character gets you there the quickest? <laughs> yeah, there's there's been, and then we found out that a lot of those times might be bugged and all because there was a bug in the game that made um, a, ca- a couple characters like hornier than they should have been. <laughs> <laughs> this might be um, one of the best uh the best bugs i've ever heard of to be yeah, honest yeah yeah and um i'll, I'll give you uh, yeah yeah i the one advice i'll give you going for as you know like investigate everything that looks weird because mm-hmm. there's a lot of really good stories behind some of the weirder stuff you see that's a good point too because i am not the biggest side quest fan like it gives me anxiety yeah. opening too many side quests but in yeah. this game i'm like exploring everything clicking on everything opening every barrel like trying to pick up as much stuff as i can so i feel like and talking to everybody so i feel like i probably will do yeah. a decent amount of yeah so if you see any ruins you quest. see portals you see make sure you interact with all of them yeah yeah uh, because they do some really good writing in the side quest um cool. yeah so i highly recommend anybody that likes D um or fantasy computer-based rpgs um yeah. this one is top notch um, oh yeah um and it's well worth your time get ready to spend anywhere from 45 to 100 and something hours depending on how much you want to do um in the game you can literally um you know do as much or as little as you can i think the the, the how long to beat was something like 45 or 50 or something Mm -hmm. if you just main quest it yeah um yeah so uh let's move on to game number two um big game here uh tom Mm mm-hmm how goes it your adventures in the stars? <laughs> well, they've just started, so it's not I haven't gotten very far. But uh it I I can see what people mean when they say it feels like a Bethesda game. Oh yeah. Like right How off. How many bugs bat. are there? <laughs> Luckily not many are no, that's right out of the it. gate. This this <laughs> Phil Spencer had told everybody that this is the best version of a <laughs> of a Bethesda game that there's yeah. ever been. So and oh. so far He's been correct. So uh, the shooting mechanics feel pretty good. Uh, I haven't gotten to a point where they have a VATS system or anything yet. Mark, I don't know if you've reached a point where they... Do you, do you want me to let you know? I mean, I, it's a Bethesda game, so I'm expecting that to come. I don't know. I don't believe there's any VATS in the combat, um, but there is a VATS in the ship combat. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, that's not... I'm not yeah. being spoiled. by. No, no, no. Like, yeah. uh, it's not spoiling telling you that a mechanic will never show up. <laughs> yeah. You know, as far as I know, there is no, like, pick out the limb on the character. Yeah. Um, you know, when you're when you're shooting your gun. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So, but the gun, the like, shooting and aiming and stuff feels pretty good on a controller. I'm, I'm playing it on the Series X. I don't know. Are you playing on Series yeah. X or are you playing it on PC? Series X. I heard, I heard some stuff about the PC that made me hold off on it for a little bit. Yeah, it's not very optimized yet. Yeah. I've I'm I'm debating downloading it just to try it, just to see Oh, I have it downloaded on both. It's just I've just been playing on my Series X. Yeah, I haven't I haven't downloaded it yet to give it a try, but so far, so good. Yeah, looks so. incredible. Looks incredible. Oh my god. It really does. It looks so <laughs> good. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. The um one last question from you, unless we had anything to add. Nope. Roger. Um do you remember your perks? Which one you chose? 
I chose Ronan. No, no, the the three. Oh, ones that you I get. I only picked two. Okay. Um, I can't remember what they are off the top of my head. But I only picked two because all the other ones had negatives to them. Well, they're, they're, those are supposed to be positives and negatives. Right. Like that's the whole point of those perks. Yeah. Right. But they, the negative seemed too negative for me. Okay. So I didn't, I only picked two things. Yeah. All right. So for me, I am again a little bit further <laughs> than, than, than Tom is um, in this game. The one thing I will say about the criticisms um, outside of the one ridiculous one, which we don't even need to mention, is fucking stupid. Um, is that I can see how two, how two things happen. One, people heard the comments about Phil Spencer made about it and just assumed this wasn't going to be a Bethesda game, and it is very much a Bethesda game, but oh, it's just not know. buggy. That's yeah, kind of what he meant. <laughs> it's not broken out of the gate. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of what he meant. But it is very much a Bethesda game. And two, I think people wanted a game that's physically impossible to make. Um, they wanted all the greatness of No Man's Sky in terms of being able to fly to planets, land anywhere, go from ground to atmosphere, do all that crazy shit you can do in No Man's Sky now. And then they wanted the curated cities and towns that Bethesda can make. Yeah, you can't you can't have both. It's it's, it's like, like one or the other. It would that game would be like five hundred gigabytes. <laughs> <laughs> Almost as big as Call of Duty. Yeah, and it would you'd be. Never, you'd never see half of it. Yeah, right. you wouldn't. It would. It'd be impossible. So the the landing and all takeoff and landing being cutscenes does not bother me. The jumping um, to things doesn't bother me. Fast um, travel. It's just like if yeah, you're on yeah. one planet. That's the fun part. Is if you do want to fly to planets, you can when you're in a solar yeah. system. As uh, Oana Pierce on her stream found out she spent seven hours of a stream flying to pluto oh my god oh yeah that was the whole point of the stream was people were yelling like in her twitter and comments and stuff that oh you can't fly to planet so she said of course and flew to pluto and then <laughs> literally found out that the planets are like possibly 2d objects oh. um uh it, or it's just not meant like it does, the game doesn't know what to do like she flew into the planet <laughs> And then, like, was literally just inside the planet. Like, like, <laughs> it, 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 yeah. But yeah, so seven hours it took her to wow um, get to the get get to Pluto. Um, That's crazy. But yeah, so you can do it if you want. But like normal space travel, it's ridiculous and slow. <laughs> um, but yeah, that just if, if here's the thing, and this is the best thing I've heard. And Tom, let me know if you agree with that. Mm -hmm. For those of us that like Bethesda games. And have played a lot of Bethesda games and, you know, and all that. This game is close to a 9 to a 10 out of 10 um, in terms of what you can do. If you don't really like Bethesda games, it is probably a 7 <laughs> out of 10. Because it does a lot of things really well. Like you said, the shooting. Shooting's really good. The ship combat's really good. Um, but... A lot of the Bethesda Charm stuff with characters and some of the Dead Eye stares and, you know, the weird situations where you're talking to people where people are still walking around in the background can lead to some funny scenes. You know, a bunch of that stuff for the average non-Bethesda gamer. Um, you know, uh, they, didn't, they didn't do enough to bring in a newer audience, essentially. Um, and, it, it, you kinda, and the way they set it up is it's, it's kind of like Skyrim in space um, in that you level up some things by doing things. Um, 
So they had that aspect. Not the same as if you just swing your weapon with one hand, you can get up to 100 really quickly. Um, but I do like that they made melee combat more of a thing yeah. in this. Yeah. Because in Fallout games, melee is very, very secondary or tertiary even. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's why I tried that one stream. I tried with New Vegas, and, but that's Oblivion. Um, or not Oblivion, um, Obsidian. Um, the, I tried to kill everybody with melee. Um, I was basically going to, I was going to be the serial killer of the wasteland and just <laughs> murder every single person in every single town. Um, and melee just became frustrating. Mm. Um, after a while, um, this melee is more fun. Um, it, you can make, you can be a punch, you can be a punch demon, um, essentially. <laughs> um, if you just use your fist, you level up your fist and then you can punch people across the map. Um, so that's, that's the beauty of a Bethesda game. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's really good. The gravity is great. That helps with punching people across the map because they sure. do have different gravity for different planets. Um, but yeah, it, it is a lot of it, the one main criticism, which I haven't ran into much, but I haven't played it as much as some people, is that a lot of the non-story focused places you go to are just basically the same procedural like setups. Like there's not much difference. Like some caves, like sometimes you can go to three undiscovered locations and the caves are basically the same. You know, like not much variety in that stuff. Uh, but those are like third, fourth tier quest. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, to be honest, it, it, it was like I said with the score. It's if you love Bethesda games and you love the idea of base building and doing all the really crazy shit um, that you can do because you get multiple outposts, um, it's going to be like a nine for you. But if that stuff um, doesn't entice you and you just want a lot of a story action game, that's where the seven comes in because it's kind of boring um, if that's what you're looking for. Um, but space is kind of boring <laughs> in reality. Uh, but yeah, and the perks thing for me, um, I got the dream house, which means I have a house out on a planet, but I have a 125,000 credit mortgage on it, um, <laughs> that I have to pay off. That's right. Yep. I forgot. That's about what that. I'm going to go after too. And I get this because um, I've seen pictures of it and it's amazing. Yeah. And you can decorate <laughs> it and all that. So yeah, I can have my power armor, Iron Man set up like I had in Fallout 4, <laughs> nice. um, in my dream home. I did adoring fan. Um, having the annoying fan just because it gives you an extra crew member. Um, but yeah, he is an annoying fan. You know, <laughs> they, the writers of Bethesda did make sure they did that correctly. But um, like I said, it gives you an extra crew member um, to start off with. And then I did the, uh, the one where you have parents. Um, oh, where you have to send them money. 2% of your income. Yeah. So you're um, in a lot of debt right now, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm picking up everything. Um, yeah. Uh, but the parents one, I heard there's a pretty good end to that quest. Um, like, like there's not, not the quest, but there's a, there's a pretty fun thing that happens in it if you stick with it. Um, so that's why I chose it. All right. So real quick, I'll talk about, um, because I'm streaming it, Goodbye Volcano High. Um, and then we can get on to just quickly running through, you know, the, the other games that not all of us simultaneously played. Um, so Goodbye Volcano High. Um, story and all that stuff is exactly what I thought it was going to be. Um, pretty good thing. The thing I didn't pick up on, um, in the demo, um, is that the, uh, character Fang is non-binary. Um, and they make it very clear off the bat, they, they have a they, them, um, sticker on their bag and, and all that. Um, and 
you know, um, it's not really like a big deal in this in this world, um, or at least hasn't been yet. I should say, <laughs> I'm only like about a, a two chapters in, mm-hmm. um, so that's been pretty cool. Um, and the uh, uh, the the fun part was because they're dinosaurs. Um, can't really tell like human race. So it was kind of odd when they went to her parents and they had like a Middle Eastern accent um, when they were reading the note. Like even Vince commented on it on stream. It was like, wait, did, did their accent change? Like, <laughs> like this, like it couldn't register because they're dinosaurs. <laughs> so, right. you know. Um, I wonder, uh, now I wonder how deep into that they went. Like, did if the dinosaur is are they made up dinosaurs or are they kind of related to they real kind dinosaurs? of look like regular like types of dinosaurs i wonder if they went as far as to in like where the dinosaur was discovered to give it that yeah. accent like, i wonder how cool. deep into it they yeah. went i i kind of think you and your brother are not the same type of dinosaur but i could be wrong um i didn't look into it um but yeah the that'd be a pretty cool thing to happen um, mm-hmm. but all the characters are very well done in that the only thing I ask from these character games, like visual novel stuff games, is I want the characters to all be like unique, like so that I can remember and when I make choices or need to say something, like I can feel as Mark, like, okay, this is what you know, this would piss off this character because of the information they've given me. You know, without the game hinting me which one was the piss off choice. You know. Um and they've done a really good job, especially, you know, um, with Reed and Trish, your other two band members, um, with doing that. And a lot of the side characters are really fun. Um, it's not a dating sim, they say, um, but I don't know if you'll have any relationship moments. I read the FAQ on the game. Um, but the thing, before we move on, it is a surprise rhythm game. <laughs> I was going to ask you how you thought, how you felt about that. Did not know rhythm game, game opens, rhythm game. <laughs> immediately right out of the gate it's amazing <laughs> yeah and i'm like oh and basically what it is i don't know how they do it on on um i probably would be better on controller to be honest because what me and vince discussed um and the reason why um you use the arrow keys for one thing that are these dots coming in from the left right and top and you have to time them yeah and then you're also using WASD and then q and e so yeah, that seems like you're using the D-pad and the and A B X Y, and then L and R when I'm thinking Q and E. So mm-hmm. so what we me and Vince discuss is that I don't have a muscle memory of WASD. Well, just stick your fingers there, like no, I know, but like um yeah, like it just like I can't like when they pops up a bunch of them at once, like with a controller I can do it by memory, but here if my finger slips. And I like go to F, you know, by accident. Yeah. And then the thing I had on A doesn't own A anymore. And <laughs> it's not second nature to to use no WASD. No. Yeah, yeah. Start so, playing. Got to start playing shooters again, Mark. That's right. You gotta um, just all keyboard and mouse all the time. Yeah. So, but anyway, I've gotten better at it as it's gone along. But um, I really fucked up the first one. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> And I love Is the failure. Where they're like, oh, it sounds different when I when I play it. Nor <laughs> yeah, play when it. I play it. <laughs> okay, yeah, I really messed up that one. Um, but I got the audition. I got like almost like almost a full circle thing. They give you a little thing like rock band in the middle of the screen. Hmm. 
um, for the audition. So I'm getting better. I hope I just don't fuck up the Battle of the Bands thing. Um, and also, there's a surprise D&D campaign that they call L&L um, <laughs> in the game. Oh, my God. We came up with... What did we come up with? Um, I forget. What, it was something... It was something in Leviathans. Vince <laughs> came up with it. I forget what the first L was. Oh, Lodges and Leviathans. That's funny. That's you great. Know? Uh, but it's like something like Legends and Lore or something like that. Uh, something lame. Um, lame. But yeah, yeah so lame. basically I am in the <laughs> middle of an L&L campaign. It's where I stopped last time on stream. Game's only about six hours, so I should That's... have it done if I stream you know, this weekend. Um, so by the time you hear this, I may have finished it. But um, yeah, it's everything I wanted. Um in the game so far. Story's good. Um, I can relate uh, to some things in it, and then there are some things that are definitely, you can tell it's written by a younger generation um, with some of the stuff. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's, like, anything more than maybe an 8 at best, you know, out of 10. Um, I usually put most visual novels between 7 and 8, unless if they're really, truly terrible. Because um, you can't really fuck up much um, with it unless you run a really terrible story. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Um, so got that out of the way. Um, uh, so you can watch me stream it. Then I'll do Oxen Free 2 after that. Um, nice. But um, now let's move on to games um, that we haven't played. Um, and I will turn it over to Jen because uh, I feel a rant is coming and I need to get some water. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> so I guess I'll mention the first one that I have. Well, that I haven't played yet. Um, it actually just released, pulling back the curtain, today, September 8th, for Switch and PC, and that is Fay Farm. Um, this is a game, I know I mentioned it a few episodes ago. I've been looking forward to it since Summer Game Fest. Um, so I mentioned I was probably going to get it uh, when we discussed Summer Game Fest. Um, to put it really simply, it's a really cute farm simulator type game. Um, it has fantasy elements. And it kind of gives me a mixture of like Animal Crossing and Harvest Moon vibes. Um, the best thing about this was, in my opinion anyway, that it's cross-platform between PC and Switch. So speaking of Stardew Valley, that's unfortunately not cross-platform. Um, so initially, I was planning on getting this for the Switch because my favorite thing about these kinds of cozy games is playing them in bed or like relaxing on the couch and playing them. And that's one of my favorite aspects of portable gaming. Um, so that was my plan. However, <laughs> I found out today when I went to buy it on the Switch, first I looked at Steam and it was $39.99 on Steam. So I'm like, okay, I would rather play it on the Switch, like I said, because of the portability. I go to Switch and it's $59.99. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, why is this so much more expensive? So I had a mini rant to Mark and Tom in our group chat. Um, and I kept going back and forth, and I'm like, how is this possible? This is not okay. This is Jen, ridiculous. Jen, you know what this means? What? You have to get a, uh, a Steam Deck. Yes. Yes, I have to get a Steam Deck. It's, it's the most logical thing See, here. I, that's See, what I said. I said, despite Nintendo, you need to get a Steam yeah. Deck to play it on that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So instead of paying the 30 extra dollars to put it on Switch, you should spend $450 on a Steam <laughs> I'll show them. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so I was like, there has to be some explanation for this. And we were joking around that it's the Nintendo tax and like something Nintendo would do. But I'm like, no, this just feels so wrong. So then I looked at Steam again and I noticed that they sell a few different versions of it. So they sell the base game, which is the $39.99. And then they sell the deluxe game, 
which is $59.99 as well, but there's no explanation on there as to what the differences are. It's just like either select this one or select this one. So I'm like, okay. And then they also sell like the soundtrack of the game for like $5.99, which I don't care about. So there's all these different things. So I'm like, well, let me look at Switch. Maybe I missed in the, you know, like in the store where the explanation was. And it literally just lists Fay Farm $59.99. It doesn't say this is the deluxe version. It doesn't say whatever. So I had to go online and do research. <laughs> and I finally found an explanation. So the base game is literally just the game. You don't get the um, uh, the soundtrack separately. And you don't get... There's two DLC uh, that are going to be dropping sometime between now and 2024 at some point. Um, so those would be an extra cost if you just got the base game. So all of those things would be extra. Um, if you get the deluxe game through Steam, you get the soundtrack and you get the two DLCs for free. So I'm like, okay. So then I go back to the Switch and I'm reading like all the fine print. So they didn't say it as clearly, but they basically say if you with this purchase, you also will receive the DLC for free when they come out. So I was like, okay. So this is technically the deluxe version on the Switch, but they don't include the soundtrack. So you still have to pay an extra $6 for Nintendo if you want the soundtrack, which I don't. But I still thought it was funny that there still is that little bit of Nintendo tax in there where it's like, we can't give you the soundtrack for free. But the amount of frustration <laughs> that I, I was so mad. I was like, this, I just want to play a cute game, goddammit. Like, why is this so difficult? And I was, I was so angry that they had the nerve to charge so much more money. And now it makes sense. I get it now. It's fine. But I was very angry for a little while today. Um, but wrapping up my thoughts here, uh, I will probably get Fay Farm for the Switch. <laughs> um, because after all of that, after all that, because I mean, I would love a Steam Deck too, just as a side note. But I'm pretty sure, in the absence of there being updates for Animal Crossing and the likelihood of us getting another Animal Crossing within the next year, I'll probably want to get the DLC when it comes out for this. Um, it's been a while since I've played like a solid farm simulator game aside from Stardew, because Animal Crossing is a lot of other things aside from, it's not even farming, really, actually. But, um, so, yeah, I, I figured I'll probably dedicate a decent amount of time to this game, so I might as well get the DLC, because I'll really be annoyed if I really wanted to play it on Steam because of the portability, and then I wound up getting it for, or I really wanted to play it on the Switch because of the portability, and then I wound up getting it on Steam to save money, and then the DLC came out, and I wound up spending the extra money anyway and still not having it on the console that I want. So I'm like, I'll just do it. But yeah, that was a little bit of drama for my Friday today. But um, it'll it'll all work out. And then next episode, I'll talk about Fae Farm, and hopefully I won't be bashing it. But, you know, we'll see. So yeah, that's it. <laughs> all right, Tom, we'll go to you. And um, I'm hoping uh, that it's going to be also a game on my list, so we can shorten my list. Well, if you'd like me to do that, I can start with that. Yeah, I think uh, you know which one I'm talking about. Yes. Uh, so I'm going to group two together, which I'm sure you may have done also. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to Super Mario Wonder and Super Mario RPG Remake. Yeah. Um, I'm, I I think we probably both have these pre-ordered already, ready to go. Uh, uh, I'm not so much. I, I didn't pre-order Wonder, but I had pre-ordered RPG. So... Yeah. Super Mario RPG was one of those games where 
it was I was actually able to like sit down and play it without a guide for at least yeah. a little while. There was one point there was one point where you need a guide because you get rather lost rather quickly. But uh I loved the world. I loved that it was so different. I loved that, you know, it was a turn based square written RPG about a Nintendo character, something you would never see now. Yeah. Uh and it was so so interesting and it was easy to get into, which was nice. It wasn't one of those incredibly difficult, crazy RPGs that has a million different things you can upgrade. And it was very simple, uh, very fun. And I'm looking forward to see what they have updated and changed uh, for the 21st century. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go with Super Mario RPG here. And then I'll let you talk about Wonder. You're probably a little more excited about Wonder than I am because platforming. Uh, yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> I'll play it and probably love it. But yeah, um, the... Yeah, platformer is not really my 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 bag, as they say. Um, but Super Mario RPG very much is. It was the first RPG I completed on my own um, without help. Probably the second game I ever beat on my own, um, with Link to the Past being the first. Um, and it, I don't remember needing a guide, but I was pro- I was also a kid that had nothing really to do in the summer and probably just banged it out because um, I played it way after it was released. Um, yeah, like I said, there was only one part I can remember yeah. that I needed a guide for because I yeah. got super lost. But otherwise, yeah. I was fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, I probably just spent way more hours and didn't even know guides existed <laughs> when I played it. I'm going, this should be much easier. Why is this taking me three hours? Um, I keep turning left. <laughs> um, like the Lost Woods in Ocarina. Um, but anyway, the... Uh, what I'm most excited about, A, the updated graphics look amazing. Um, what they see, they're probably going to, I want to see if they update any of the mini games or anything like that, um, or if they keep them all the same. Um, I want to see if that Final Fantasy boss is in there. Um, I'm, uh, I, you can't spoil it, a 17 year old game or 27 year old game. Yeah, it's, it's 27. Old. It, it's old as shit. Um, yeah, it came out in 96. So yeah, 27. Um, yeah, see if that's in there. Um, see if they do that stuff. But the most important thing, Tom, with Super Mario RPG uh, being re-released, is uh, Gino and Smash. Ooh, that's tough. Um, ooh, I, yeah, maybe. I mean, it depends on who makes Smash next. Yeah. So, yeah, that could that could definitely happen. Yeah, there's two characters everybody's been screaming at: is uh, Gino and Waluigi need to be in Smash. Yeah. Yep. I could see both of them after this for sure. Yeah, but um, yeah, I'm really excited. Um, we'll talk off stream about I I I, I guess I could say it here, but um, I want to see if they do the reference um that they do for that one five boss fight. If you know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about, I know exactly which one you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> I want to see if they do the same reference or if they change it. I don't want to mention it in case if they change it and people go, "What the fuck are you talking about, Mark?" <laughs> um. I mean, they might. They might change yeah. it. People are like, what the hell are they talking about? Yeah, exactly. Do something else with it. Um, maybe make them Final Fantasy VII characters. Um, but yeah, yeah. I have already pre-ordered that. Um, like I did with all my Switch games. I think there's only a couple that I did digital. Um, getting a physical copy, of course. Um, but yeah, that's that's probably number one on the list of, of games coming out um, going forward. That, that I am super excited about. I only have like two more um, that we can talk about here, but um, yeah, 
Super Mario RPG. I literally ordered it the day they announced it on Amazon. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. So um, I have not gotten a chance to watch the Wonder Direct. So I'm pretty sure you may have seen it. So just explain to me, you know, you know what you're looking forward to, what you saw on that, you know, Super Mario Wonder. Go time. I mean, I won't go too deep into it. I, mean, I, I just I want to see what they do with these new transformations. Because they kind of, they showed them, but they didn't like really go in depth into them. So I I, I really am excited to see how they are gonna um, evolve Super Mario 2D. Because for the last, they haven't really released a new 2D Super Mario since the Wii U was out. I mean they they've just re-released Wii, the Super Mario Wii U version or Super Mario Brothers U. God, I hate this. I cannot stand. Switch this naming you. convention. Switch you. If they call it the Switch U, they should just stop making everything. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, the elephant, um, the elephant power up is really interesting to me. I want to see what they allow you to do with it, uh, because I've it's just weird. Like I've never seen or thought of him turning into an elephant. With when you had Cappy, you could turn into anything, but. This is a very specific thing that Mario turns into, so I, I'm I want to see how they how they handle that. But yeah. I mean, it looks great, sounds great, the music sounds wonderful, and all of the things that Nintendo does well seem to they they seem to be doing well, and it makes me excited for what's going to come in uh, Super Mario Wonder. Looking forward to it. Um, probably uh, see if my niece wants it and buy it for her, and then borrow it off her after she beats it. Um, You're going to borrow it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I borrowed her. Uh, I think I think I still have Odyssey, her Odyssey, because she beat it, and it hasn't gotten to the point where she likes to go back and replay games yet. Um, yeah. So go on to the next. Um, <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, Jen, do you have another one here? I have a bunch. Um, I actually had Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre, which technically came out already, but I just started yeah. playing it. Yeah. So if um, we want to just, I guess, on this round, just go through what you have left. Sure. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, the, aside from TCM, the other ones are very like quick thoughts that Turner I have. Turner Classic anyway. Movies. <laughs> yes, Turner Classic <laughs> Movies just released. <laughs> um, so Texas Chainsaw Massacre released on uh, August 18th, I think, for all platforms except the Switch. <laughs> just kidding. Um, so I had to mention this because I was really looking forward to playing it, and obviously. If you know me, you know that I'm a huge Dead by Daylight fan, and I really like the asymmetrical horror type game that Dead by Daylight is. So this is another asymmetrical game. Um, I was a little nervous that I was hoping that it wouldn't kind of like lose its luster like Evil Dead and VHS did. Um, but I'm really surprised so far by how fun the game is. I've only played as the killers, which are referred to as the family. Um so the asymmetrical element in this game feels a lot more balanced than it is in Dead by Daylight, and that's mainly because there are three members of the family going up against four victims who are the survivors of the game. So you don't have one killer versus four, you have three versus four, which feels a lot nicer when you're the outnumbered side. Um, there are traps to set or destroy, depending on what side you're on. Um, there's a huge map right now. It's only one, but it's gigantic. It's pretty confusing. It's like a giant maze, essentially. Um, but it's really fun to learn and navigate through the map. Um, there's a ton of like really tall grass that the victims can hide in. Um, there's things that they could hide behind, like sheds that they could crawl into a corner. So 
it's it's like a almost like a hide and seek type asymmetrical horror game. Um, but it's it's been a lot of fun. Um, I think my favorite characters to play are as are Sissy and Bubba. Um, Sissy is a lot more fun in my opinion because she's really quick and she could fit into like the small crevices where the the victims can run through during a chase. Um, whereas you know the bigger guys like Bubba, he can't fit through there, so he has to go around blockades and stuff, and then mm -hmm. you wind up losing the victim in the process. So Sissy's real tiny and skinny, and she actually reminds me of like a Harley Quinn type character because she's constantly singing and talking and like just saying silly things. That she's also a psychopathic murderer who's like stabbing them when she finds them. So she's a lot of fun. She's really cool. Um, I think. My favorite part of the game overall is how much fun I have, even when victims escape or like totally losing his family, which happens when everyone gets out. And it doesn't happen often. I feel like it's actually pretty, pretty balanced in that aspect, too, where I feel like at least two out of the four victims, we can kill them. And then the other two either get out or we get them, too. So I've been finding that a lot of people have, are really enjoying the game. Um, I haven't heard much negativity on it, which is really surprising. Um, and I'm in several Dead by Daylight Facebook groups, and they're even talking about the game in there, which is shocking because usually a lot of people in the community think that another asymmetrical horror game has the audacity of existing along with Dead by Daylight, and they don't think that they can coexist. But in this case, people are very much enjoying Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but also enjoying Dead by Daylight because they're very different. So I hope that they can remain equally I'm not going to say equally as popular because Dead by Daylight is still way more popular, but I hope that they could exist together and that people don't fizzle out playing uh, Texas Chainsaw like they did with Evil Dead. Because that was a really good game, too, and people just lost interest in it for whatever reason. So that was the one that I'm playing that's already released, but the, was the, very much on my wish list. The, the most important question, is it sweaty? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say it's sweaty. Got it. I mean, Got I it. guess, depending on how well... well depending on how well you know the map by now, which probably a lot of people know it way better than I do, because I, I kind of got started a little bit later than a lot of other people did. You yeah. can set up ambushes um, as the family. So being one of the more agile characters like Sissy, you could chase a victim into a trap where Bubba's waiting for you with his chainsaw yeah, um, or a corner or something like that. But in on the other hand, the victims can pick up, depending on the different perks that they have when they're leveling up their skill tree, they could pick up items to use as weapons. So they can actually bully you being the family. Um, if they surround you, they can like start stabbing you and it stuns you for a little while. So I've had situations where like three victims all had, not, they're not knives, but, like pieces of glass or something that they find around the home and they stab you with it and you can't move because then the next one stabs you like, but it's not frustrating like, chain blinding in Dead by Daylight with survivors who are like teabagging in your face and just keep flashlight blinding you over and over again. <laughs> it doesn't feel sweaty. So I could be wrong. It could be at the point now where so many people are good at it that they're thinking of sweaty things to do. But as of now, no, I will not say it's sweaty. <laughs> but good question. <laughs> I'm sure Dan was dying on that answer. Um, but yeah, I'll list really quickly the other games. Uh, my next one was Mortal Kombat 1, which releases on September 19th for PC and uh, both next-gen consoles. Oh, that so, was mine. Oh, we could share this one then. Oh, okay. Totally I actually believed you <laughs> for some <laughs> reason. Um, I'm not a big fan of fighting games because I suck at them, but 
Mortal Kombat will always have a special place in my heart. Uh, the storyline, I really like that it's new and everything is being reset. So I'm, I'm really interested to see in what directions they go with the different characters. Um, and I like the addition of the cameos and all the playable characters we're getting. I'm especially excited because they just recently announced um, Megan Fox has been cast as Natara, who is a vampire character. And they actually use Megan Fox's likeness in her. So yeah, I'm really excited really for that. Yeah. I just saw a video on that today and I thought it was very interesting. And her fatality is excellent. So I'm, I might, I'm, that might have been like the little thing that pushed me over the edge into buying it instead of just like sitting back and watching. But um, I talked about it with Dan. I don't know if we're going to get it at least right away, um, but we might, depending on how well it does. I mean, it looks stunning. Like the, the maps are beautiful. So I don't know. We'll have to see. But we're, we've been looking at all the videos of the fatalities and stuff, and they're really funny. So I guess we'll let you know if I get it. Um, my next one was Alan Wake 2, which releases on October 27th for PC and next-gen consoles. Um, this is another one I actually mentioned when we covered Summer Game Fest. Um, I saw the preview gameplay back then when they aired it, and I'm really looking forward to this one. Uh, and at the risk of sounding like a psycho to people who are listening that don't know me, I really like the idea of the ritualistic murder theme where people are being resurrected as monsters. Um, but if you this know me, you know I love horror cool. games, though. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah and the gameplay and, looks cool. So I, yeah. I, I and I, I'm and I'm interested in it as well, just to because I love the first game. First game was amazing. Yeah, um, I remember you saying that. I never actually even played the first game, so maybe yeah, I should. Yeah. I don't know. First game's really good. Um, and it, there's some frustrating stuff with the combat. Um, that I don't know if the remaster fixed, um, mm -hmm. but and they had a special deal with Energizer, I believe, um, for your flashlight. You picked up Energizer batteries. Um, so, uh, but I'm interested to see the connections, the Easter eggs um, in it, because if you don't know, the world of uh, Alan Wake, uh, Control, and Quantum Break um, mm -hmm. are all the same world. I remember um, you saying that, and I had no idea until you told me that last yeah, time. Yeah, because uh, there's like AWSs, I believe, in Control, which you find out, spoilers, for a game that's been out a while. Um, mm -hmm. They call them Alan Wake situations or something ah, like that. Ah, okay. Um, it's like how the term became known. Gotcha. Um, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, so I'm looking to see what tie-ins to Control um, pop up in this game. Um so that's what I'm probably a little more looking into than um, why I want to bring it up here um, mm -hmm. for you. But uh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I really like when they connect games and it's not like a really obvious connection that you pick up on it. And you're like, oh, my God, I get it. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. They make it kind of obvious if you not not like that's right. What you said, if you you can if you like look in every single crevice and corner of control, mm -hmm. you actually get the answer. That's why, you know, gotcha. like you find the note that explains that. Um, but yeah, you it, you can sort of pick up on it a little bit by not finding that note. But yeah, if you explore 100 percent of control, you get you get the story. Nice. Um, but yeah. So uh, did you have anything else? I just had one more. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to mention it. It's technically it has an unknown release date, but it was originally rumored to come out this year. Um, and it's still not confirmed nor denied if it is or is not. But um, it's a game called Witchbrook, and okay. it's being developed by Chucklefish, who did Stardew Valley. Valley so you can assume yeah. what kind of game it is. But 
Um, they are a proud uh, no crunch studio. So this has been in development for about five years. Um, so they haven't come straight out and said like, this is definitely coming out this year, but um, it was hugely anticipated that it would. It's it's basically a, a witchy stardew, but in like a cute pixel style. And there's a ton of excitement behind it um, in the cozy gaming community. I'm really excited for it to come out. It looks really adorable, which is another reason why I wanted to get Fae Farm because it was kind of, you know, Settling that white space for me temporarily. Um, but it looks really adorable and I know I'm going to be addicted to it. So I just, I hope it does come out this year. It, it probably won't if I'm being realistic, but if not, I hope it comes out early on in 2024 so I can start playing it. But that was the end of my list. Well, uh, jump over to me because I've been basically just jumping on to everyone else's um, <laughs> list. Um, so number one, uh, one that I know will probably not be on Tom's list. Um, uh, I am looking forward to Persona 5 Tactica, um, just because I do love everything Persona 5, and it also mixes in uh, my love for XCOM-type tactics games. Um, so that comes out on November 17th. Um, uh, you know, looking forward to see if that'll drive me into maybe finally playing Persona 5R um, and get the extra stuff that's in that game. Um, and then the um, and then the obvious ones out of the way, obvious um, Spider-Man 2. Don't have to go into much why. That was my game of the year, um, the first game. So looking forward to that. Miles I'm Morales. Gonna, I'm going to jump in real quick. That yep. is also on my list. Uh, Spider-Man 1, incredible. I still haven't beaten Miles Morales yet, but I'm sure I will soon. But yeah, great games. Very much looking forward to Spider-Man. And then um, I'm looking forward to City Skylines 2. Um, that game evolved so much over time. Um, it became way too much complicated that I'm excited to get back in at the ground level <laughs> um, with the, the new game. Um, figured out they started putting in like traffic lights and stop signs. And yeah, it just got really, um, you know, complicated. Uh, so starting off from the beginning without having to learn a whole bunch of uh, new things will be fun. And then last but not least, leaving it at the end here. Um, I may have missed something. So feel free to let me know on Twitter of things that I've said I've looked forward to before. but. Um, outside of sports games, obviously, you know, FC 24 and, and, and NHL and all that. Um, I am very much looking forward to the Cyberpunk 2077 DLC, Fan of Liberty. I enjoyed that game the first time through before the big update, and the big update looks amazing. Um, that they're doing 2.0 here, going into Phantom Liberty, so I'm looking to, you know, get back into Liberty City uh, with my original character and doing the DLC. Um, that comes out September 26th, so that's probably the thing after, um, you know, I'll probably play that a little bit after it comes out, um, just because I will be all about uh, Starfield and stuff like that for probably most of the rest of September here. But I am very much looking forward to that, because I'm one of the few ones um, that um, enjoyed that base game when it came out and didn't have a whole bunch of complaints about it. But I did play it on PC, so yeah, that's all, that's all I'm looking forward to here. Tom, do you have anything else that has not been mentioned? Uh, I do have one more thing, and that is Forza Motorsport. Uh, I, I've i been looking forward to a Forza Motorsport for quite some time because uh, they actually skipped Forza Motorsport to get to uh, when they released the Series X and Series S. They skipped the Motorsport title to, and went straight to Horizon. So uh, it'll be fun to get back into a more simulation-style racing game. Um and who knows? Maybe I'll actually buy a wheel for this one. 
That would be awesome. That'd be fun. So let us know on uh, X, formerly known as Twitter. Um, just just uh, let us know on threads. <laughs> or go to threads or uh, Blue Sky if you're there, if you're one of the lucky few that got brought into the pearly gates. Um, uh, if you're on there um, and TikTok or anything else, you know, just let us know what games you're looking forward to. Either add your comments to what we mentioned or if there's anything else um, that we uh, did not mention. So I'm going to turn this part over um, to doing the introduction and all that stuff uh, for the Retro Roulette game because I was not here when it was chosen. So I will oh, right. I, forgot. I yeah. forgot you weren't here for it, Mark. So I did I'm play so it. Long. Yeah, I did play it. Okay. Uh, but um, I will turn it over to, I'm assuming you hosted Tom, so you can, um, yeah. Um, I hosted and I streamed, Mark. You missed it. Oh, I missed the stream, too. You missed me yeah. back streaming. Back, back down to controls. So, Tom, go ahead and let everyone know what the Retro Roulette game is. Yes. So we played F-Zero GX for the Nintendo GameCube, uh, the final uh, F-Zero game in the main storyline which we also discovered, Mark, we have now played all of the main story F-Zeros in existence for Retro Roulette. Oh, nice. I played, I played the story mode in this for a little bit, too. Yeah, so that, was, <laughs> that wasn't actually uh, something I wanted to bring up. So something interesting that they added to this was a story mode. That was something that didn't exist in any of the other F-Zeros. Uh, something else I'd like to note, this was actually made by Sega. Something mm. you may not have known. The F the F0 franchise was given to Sega for this. Uh they did an excellent job. I mean, the game's fast paced, the game looks great, runs at sixty frames per second, locked, uh at a at four eighty P. I you can't complain about it. There's really nothing to complain about except the fact that it is freaking hard. This game is one of the hardest racing games I've ever played. And that's coming from someone who's played a lot of racing games. But yeah. Uh, so Jen, where are you coming at? Coming from with uh, F Zero GX? So I've never played F Zero GX until obviously this retro roulette segment. Um, but interestingly enough, as soon as I booted it up, like yes, I've played other F Zero games, but something about this exact game immediately made me almost feel nostalgic for it, which was interesting because I'd never played it. But I think that very well explains that this game kind of represents what I love about older racing games. So I knew I was going to like it right off the bat. Um, I really like the music. I anticipated that the first, or I appreciated that the first two maps in the Ruby Cup kind of take it easy on you, um, especially when I'm new to the game. Um, and I found that they weren't too difficult to get through. But then the third map hips you hard with the ability to fly right off the map and end, it, end your game immediately. Um, I like how you can kind of strafe and fight back against the racers. And I also like that the game assigns you a rival. Um, I'm assuming it's whoever has hit you the most is your rival in the game. Um, I, I actually found it easier to follow the twists and the turns at high speed when the rival was on screen because I had something else to follow aside from like the sides. Um, and the speed boosts, obviously, they're essential if you want to win or even like hit the top 10 because it's really easy to hit the walls and lose speed. And then all of a sudden you're at 30th. And I'm like, no, I was in like sixth place. How did this happen? Um, <laughs> but yeah, that being said, this game never felt frustrating to me. It actually was more motivating every time I would lose or, you know, just not come in in a good spot. Like, oh, I want to try that again and see if I could do better. Um, 
And like you said, I really can't think of any negatives. I mean, the only like somewhat negative thing is that the, the difficulty, like you said, like some of the courses are like ridiculously difficult. But I feel like with time and practice, I would get to know them well enough where it's like second nature to know like when to go for a boost or when to go for a super, or when to know a super sharp turn is coming up. Um, but yeah, I, I really, I really can't think of any negatives. I, I really enjoyed playing this game. All right, Mark, yeah. how about you? So as for me, um, again, once again, Dauphin is undefeated. It made this game look gorgeous um, and um, make me rethink. I actually downloaded uh, a couple uh, GameCube games that I owned previously to see the upscaling on them. Um, but F-Zero, this is probably the only one I've ever played um, because by the time I got the GameCube, I was in my, you know, playing games that I thought people would think I was cool for playing. So that was like sports games and Resident Evil. Um, so not much in terms and, and you know, um, not much time for the other stuff that was on there. But I am upset that I did miss this one um, because, as Jen said, I, I had a ton of fun playing it. Um, I only played through one cup and a little bit of the story um, before we started recording here. But I got the idea. The only thing I couldn't figure out because I was stupid and didn't look up the controls beforehand was how to boost. Um, so I probably would have gotten higher on the first course. Um, which would have made me win my thing because I ended up in the top six, um, you know, even without the uh, that. But I had finished 15th on the first course. Um, so I feel like my points would have gotten me into the top three at least um, in the final standings if I'd done that. But the uh, yeah, I love the just the mechanics of uh, how much the courses look different um, and how you had to, you know, drive differently it wasn't so much just holding down gas and going um like you sort of had to figure out a little bit of slowing down a little bit of braking so you didn't damage your and blow up your vehicle um yeah it took me a while to remember uh what the things were that healed you what they looked like um but yeah fun game still looks great had a great chuckle at the cutscene fmv thing or whatever it was for the story um things because i believe they're all silent um for the most part, um, or at least the I'm just remembering the first one with, with Captain Falcon when he's when you know you walk in right after the prelude and it's just him silently walking down the street, um, <laughs> it, uh, or like blocky marching or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, this game fantastic um, in terms of, of these types of arcade racing games. Um, yeah, probably probably harder than it needed to be. Uh, but I'm sure if I was a kid with a bunch of time on my hands, I would have gotten pretty decent at this game. Um, I got better at some of the tracks as I went along. So, and that was with only playing it for a couple hours. So very, very glad, um, that we get to finish off with, um, this game and it confuses me why they haven't released another one. Yeah. I mean, it does not make a whole lot of sense to me. Especially when Smash is such a big thing and Captain Falcon is like a main character in Smash. Yeah. And people don't know what he's from. So it's just, it just boggles my mind that they don't that they don't make another game yeah, where he's I in it. I agree with you on that. That doesn't make sense. But yeah, uh, this game, I don't know. There's not much more you can say. It yeah. looks good, plays good. I mean, it's for something that is as, as hectic as it is, the controls are very tight and very precise. And you can't really blame the game if you mess up. Yeah, you kind of you you kind of just have to 
feel like, all right, I got to I got to get better at this. I got to try it again. And it uh, kind of gets addicting, yeah. even though it is difficult. Yeah. Anybody yeah. who watched the stream that I did knows how difficult it is, because I believe I had to turn it down to easy just to get through the first the first cup. Oh, that, and I, yeah. yeah, it was I, not I, it was not easy. Yeah, I, I thought you uh, meant get a, get a high ranking on the thing because I played it. I made it through on normal. I had one life left, uh, but yeah, but I finished like like I said eighth or ninth or something like that. Um, and yeah, you know, no, I finished. I finished, but it was not good. I think I finished like tenth or something. And, yeah, or, yeah. Like so I, I said, if I knew about the boost button, I would have done better on the first track, but. Yeah, I to to be a hundred percent honest, I didn't know there was a uh, difficulty system. Yes, I I went looking for it after <laughs> after getting my ass handed to me a few times. I just I just thought it was the star ranking on the tracks that would have made it harder. But um, I guess the, I guess it would be the AI, It'd be like fifty CC, one hundred CC sort of thing in Mario Kart. Yeah, it's definitely speed based for sure. Um, because once you once once you turn it down. The difficulty down, everything slows down. So it's like it is like 50, 100, 150 cc in Mario Kart. All right. So All right. Uh, let's get to the scores. Um, we'll start off uh, with Jen. Yeah. So, like I said, overall, I really enjoyed this game. I'm not even, I'm not good at racing games in general, but I still liked it. And as we mentioned, I really hope that they come out with a brand new one um, for the Switch, too, or the new Switch, or the Switch U, or whatever it's going to be called. Um, it just feels like a no-brainer, especially as a launch title. I think that would be great. Um, and a lot of people love it, so it just makes sense. Um, I would give this a I would give it a four out of five. I thought it was fun, challenging, it's unique, it stands out from a lot of other racing games. And I'd love to play this with a group of friends. So maybe extra life idea. I like that idea. I like that idea, and I'm agreeing with your score. Four out of five for me as well. Uh this isn't my favorite F-Zero, but it's still a very, very good game. And I highly recommend, if you have Dolphin, to give it a give it a shot. Because I, I want to say that this game is like astronomically priced at this point. All GameCube games are expensive. So uh, Dolphin's a good, very good alternative. Yeah, so we'll make it a clean sweep here. Four out of five for me as well. Um, yeah, fun racing game. Uh, I think the reason why this probably ranks above the other ones for me um, especially is because um, there's not like a basic control that you know will preclude you from finishing a track. You know, I mean, as we like found out in the, the in the uh, Super Nintendo version, holding the down button to make you make it over a gap. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I like that. Um, uh, and the variation of the tracks, at least to the first cup, um, was pretty good for me. I don't know if that gets boring as you play more and more, and I might bump it down to a three and a half or something if I would have played a lot more of it. But um, from what I played, um, felt like an F-Zero game, uh, very chaotic, and um, music was great. Um, you know, just the, the sounds overall, and yeah, very well done. Four out of five. All right, Tom, uh, let's spin that wheel and find out what we're playing on Monday. So, Tom, I just know you waited for me to come back to uh, pick this genre of game and series. Uh, let the audience know what the wheel has given us this week. We will be playing Final Fantasy III, uh, and we're going to have a dealer's choice for what console you played on. Uh, yeah. it, it came out a number of things. 
Uh, Jen and I are probably going to play the PlayStation version. Uh, Mark is going to play the Pixel Remaster, which is probably the best version, I would imagine. Yeah, to play. yeah probably playing that on Switch. Uh, so this should be interesting. I've never played Final Fantasy three. It's it's a yeah. very huge blind spot for me. I've never touched this one at all. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, uh, 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 two and three are blind spots for me because obviously I played one and then um, four and six came out here and then we played five on stream. So this will be the first time I'll touch these this game here. Uh, but yes, I do have the Pixel Remasters for Switch, so that's where I'll be streaming from um on monday um or i should say tonight um when you're listening to this uh so be sure to check us out over on twitch.tv slash gameball pod um uh look forward uh we'll probably won't get past the intro if uh those old nes rpgs um <laughs> mean anything but um let's get the show that off and maybe i'll just see if there's anything special related to the other games um on that pixel remaster as well so sure be sure to tune in probably like 9, 9.30, um, somewhere around there uh, this evening. Um, yeah, I look forward to seeing you there. Um, hey guys, it was nice. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, we'll be back. Um, streaming schedule, uh, probably, we're probably looking at Monday, Monday, Wednesday, and then one or both of Tuesday, Thursday for me. Um it just depends on if I need to finish uh, Goodbye Volcano High. You know, I'll squeeze an extra day in there. Um, but we'll definitely probably be starting um, Oxenfree 2 um, this week uh, coming up. And then uh, Friday, Saturday, uh, Sunday, uh, one or two of those days is always open um, for me to pop in and do something. Um, I guess the next time we do Baldur's Gate is if we ever try multiplayer. Um, but that would be up to Jen um, for that. Uh, she gets comfortable and a little bit further in the game. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, be on the lookout for all of that stuff. Um, and uh, no, I will not show you my Starfield character. Um, <laughs> she looks like Haley Williams. Um, I'm so surprised. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so uh, look forward to all of that coming up. Um, we're going to have some news on. Uh, uh, at least the dates for Extra Life um, uh, this year. Um, you'll probably hear them at some point over before the next podcast here. Um, so be sure to check out the, the Twitter and all that um, and listen in on the streams. But uh, yeah, so guys, thank you for joining me, Jen, Tom, and for those yeah. of you listening. Uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.